Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 13th, 2023, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I'm, I have one less tooth than I did on Monday. Uh, was it your sweet tooth or? Oh, if only. No, just a nice big molar with big fat roots that took automobile pliers to take out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh. I shivered uh, yes. at the thought of that. That but was I'm, not pleasant. <laughs> thanks to Advil, I'm feeling pretty good today. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad at least you're feeling good. Uh, uh, and, and to our audience, uh, apologies for uh, the the late arrival. If you if you were expecting this on Tuesday, uh, uh, it is a it is a late uh, uh, release. Uh, I have been traveling and uh, uh, take full responsibility for totally forgetting to figure out where in the schedule I was going to try to figure out to do this. So uh, uh, much appreciation to Bruce for being flexible. And to hopping on a call and putting this the together. Way, the only way I'm flexible is metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, you're flexible on plans. Uh, that, that's that, a that's metaphorical. That's a, that's a physical manifestation, though, because we we you know we, we, we are actually, in our bodies. Yeah, we actually do uh, engage here uh, uh, together. So, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, so it's great. Um, but uh, uh, man, uh, today the the day that we're recording it and releasing uh, is the first day of school for my kids. Uh, so, uh, yeah, kind of a little wild. Uh, but the what time does school start and end for them this year? So I believe it's around eight forty five for the high school. Uh-huh. Um, because the bus picks up at 755 uh and by no means i don't i don't think she's like the first one on the bus or the last one on the bus so um so yeah i think i think uh i think it's like a a shortly before nine o'clock start um which was a change years a year or two back uh to uh, let high schoolers sleep in more. Uh, I know that there were, had been a discussion and the, the, some case studies had indicated that, right. you know, teenagers uh, uh, need a lot of sleep. <laughs> so. Uh, I believe that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, that has, I have found that to also be true uh, and, and to be the case. So um, uh, applaud, uh, applauding uh, the decision to, to push it back just a little bit. Uh, Cause yeah, initially they got home at like, I feel like it was like one thirty, two o'clock or something like relatively early. And I was like, yeah, you let them sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, but, but I'm sure, uh, uh, other people, their, their, uh, schedules were thrown out of whack as a result of that, uh, that decision. So that, that there's, there's uh, pluses and minuses to it, uh, of, course, of course, all the way around. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, happy return to school. Uh, I know, uh, if any uh, um, actual school-aged people listen to this, uh, they might be cursing me in their in their minds for saying such a thing. But uh, um, uh, you know, one step closer to adulthood. So uh, and many exciting. many blessings upon them, and even no, same amount of blessings on the teachers and staff. 
Oh yeah. If not more, uh, uh, <laughs> God bless those teachers, uh, with, with the job that they do. Um, uh, certainly, uh, better folk than I, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, well, speaking of getting back to school, I know the church uh, uh, cycle isn't quite there where we'll be getting back in uh, September, but uh, September uh, 10th mean... is when every our formation activities restart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, but in the meantime, I'm sure there's still some stuff going on that we yeah. want to point out. So uh, uh, Bruce, what, it, what would you like to, uh, to, to highlight as part of... Uh, the, uh, the the schedule. August 27th, we'll be having a parish meeting about the um, selling of land and how it might be developed and all that sort of thing. A, a sort of catch-up meeting on mm-hmm. where we're mm-hmm. sitting as uh, things will start to speed up on that project. Um, yeah. Now that we're so people are back from vacation, all that sort of thing. We also have, I'm trying to find it on my calendar, um, Choir rehearsal starting again. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Shoot, I should know when. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't was hoping me. you'd rescue me on this. No, nope, oh, don't, wow. don't don't judge me for not knowing. Uh, 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 I will I will be told when I'm expected to be there. Uh, yes, I may even be asked to drive. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, but that, I, that is soon. Uh, you're you're not wrong on that. Yeah, and our our choir and choir director are all very nice and so if you've never sung in in any choir you're welcome to give it a try and if you've sung in other choirs this will probably be the most enjoyable one you've ever been part of so yeah no no pressure yeah (laughs) Uh, the bar is set high now so go to holyfamilyfishers.org i know it will be um in the email newsletter and the bulletin this sunday all the details Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll definitely be there. And, and if you have any questions about it, uh, uh, feel free to track it down, uh, uh, Bethany or myself at, uh, uh, in person at the service on Sunday, or, uh, you could always email the, uh, the, the admin at HFAC and, and, and they'll, uh, put us in, uh, in touch together. So if you have any questions about it, but yeah, uh, uh, lots of things getting ready to start happening. I'm very excited about that, uh, that, that land use meeting, uh, and a, uh, uh, some exciting prospects, I think, that yeah. are coming from that. So, looking forward to, to that discussion. And uh, but yeah, uh, as far as as far as uh, everything else goes, just looking forward to uh, a kind of a return to a uh, a normal uh, uh, schedule for the next you know foreseeable future until the holidays. Uh, uh, I like. Heck, schedules. I'm looking forward to the holidays too. Oh yeah, as no, well as the hundred percent. Yep, hundred percent. So. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that, that's the stuff that we have going on. We're really looking forward to, uh, to, uh, um, continuing our, our normal education, uh, that's coming up soon. So, yeah. uh, in the meantime, uh, let's, uh, let's go back in time and, uh, uh see what happened this day in church history on August 13th. What entries we have, what entries await us. Uh, uh, and uh, sitting in their little time capsule, hoping someone will notice them, and we yeah. fulfill their dreams. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, 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 given given the the admission of uh, of of uh, uh, 
recording and releasing this, I also will admit I haven't had a chance to preview these. So we'll let's uh, let's see if uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of death and despair in our, <laughs> in our past. <laughs> um, <clears throat> our first entry comes from 662, and uh, that sees uh, the passing of Saint Maximus the Confessor, who had been a vigorous opponent of monothe monothelitism monothelitism huh. so it's mono uh t-h-e-l-i-t-i-s-m monothe monothe so it's not monotheism monothelitism uh, okay i I'm give gonna, you full permission to commit to google yeah we're going to commit a google search on that while i finish this out dreadfully persecuted he had been humiliated oh god um <laughs> trigger warning okay <laughs> Yes, uh, <laughs> dreadfully persecuted. Uh, he had been humiliated by having his tongue cut out and his right hand chopped off. Yeah, that sounds like even worse than humiliation, but... Yep, yep. Uh, so monothelitism was the heresy, do you love my heresies, uh, that Christ had a divine but no human will. Oh, okay, okay. I'm caught so, up. Yeah. So, uh, so, so no human and no, no, no temptation, traits. no failings. Right. See the, this is a, this is full of nuance, but I'll give it a shot where mm -hmm. Christ was, Jesus was fully human and fully divine was capable of, but did not commit sin was fully tempted but did not give in mm. Mm -hmm. and by the 600s there are people who are saying no jesus was so cool there wasn't any human in him in various well, yeah. ways in various ways and yeah, one yeah. of them was that jesus really didn't have any um you know human emotion or temptation or will and therefore was um at the very least superhuman if not just a baggy human with full of god interesting yeah um i mean i, I can understand that the desire the temptation to not make uh christ human um he that that I understand where that would become uncomfortable, uh, potentially. And, uh, um, because, you know, if he's human and, uh, he accomplished these things, uh, we have no excuse. And so that's part uh, of it. it. It creates a, a nice little comfort zone, uh, uh, by saying like, well, no, he, he you know, uh, there's no chance of me being anything Christ-like because, uh, uh, that's, you know, this bar that we can't, we simply can't reach, uh, uh, which, which is true. I mean, you, you, you know, no, we can't be, we can't be Christ himself, uh, but uh, we can still be Christ-like. Uh, and I kind of wonder if that's the, the, the impetus for some of this. That's some of it. Um, but there's also, I think layered on top of that, the more presentable, um, theology was trying to preserve the Greek philosophical construct of basically this existence is dirty and 
the spiritual oh. existence is clean. Okay. And how could the two mix? Yeah. And interesting. And people who, who followed Greek philosophy, um, were very, very, very reluctant to give it up. So it kept sneaking into Christianity and Judaism for that matter, um, through various back and side doors. And, you know, hopefully it didn't take cutting off limbs and tongues, but it had to be resisted frequently. Um, and there was mm -hmm. even some in Paul's writings in the scripture. So it, that makes it all the harder to say, no, we're, we're not Greek. We're not, we don't follow ancient Greek philosophy of there being two planes of existence, the ideal and the mundane with all its right. ickiness. Um, but if you did have that as your philosophy, having God part of the mundane was completely unthinkable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's an interesting, that's an interesting aspect to that. Um, well, it seems to be very natural yeah. for humans to fall into that because yeah, sure. various streams of Christianity at times, including today, go into a, you know, anything of the world is suspect at best, but probably of the devil. Um, right. And the only place to get to be clean and get clean is heaven. And there's a huge barrier in between. Uh, and that that's almost a summary of Greek philosophy, but it certainly seems to be a way that humans like to divide the world up just when we make up stuff on our own. Cause, cause that's yeah, no, not I, what Christianity or Judaism believes. Yeah. I can see it, Like, I'm glad you said it because I was about to say like, sounds like a discussion that we still would, could have today very oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, so good. Yeah. No, that, that, I mean, I shouldn't say good, but yeah, that's, that, <laughs> I could definitely see where that that uh, uh, still has uh, um, merit for discussion uh, because, again, like like I said, I I can see the the I, I can understand that point of view uh, yeah. without agreeing uh, to it, but I you know I I can understand why that would make sense for some people. Another way to so. put it, in honor of what is happening today, is boys are stinky. So how could God be a boy? I mean, okay, yeah. And, yeah, God was willing to be a stinky boy. Right. The worst of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, let's uh, move on to our next entry, which comes from uh, 1587. Um, an individual named Manteo becomes the first Native American baptized as a Protestant, taking the baptismal name Jack Straw. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh uh, ah. also named him Baron of Ro Roanoke, and oh, the, then there's definitely a Native American name that I'm not going to okay. be able to fully pronounce, but Dasamong Ponke, maybe uh, it's a it's a that is a there, there's a lot of sounds to that <laughs> name. <laughs> Baron of Roanoke. You with a Fran uh, there French accent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, uh, uh, I don't need to butcher both the uh, Native American name and uh, insult the French at the same time. Um, <laughs> I don't need to do that. But, uh, but yeah, well, I, that that actually kind of surprises me. Fifteen eighty seven. That's I, I, I guess that sound that that is that 
is about the right time frame. Um, but well, just, no, it was Protestant. There was that yeah. modifier. So the Spanish had been, and Portuguese, had been baptizing indigenous Americans in the Roman Catholic tradition for what? <laughs> almost, almost well, about 75 years, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Um, and so this, yeah, the Protestants were finally getting to North America and encountering new peoples to baptize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not till then. Well, uh, so yeah, 1587, first Protestant, uh, uh, conversion, uh, baptism, uh, 1768, John Witherspoon, uh, Witherspoon assumes the presidency of Nassau Hall, uh, uh, or, uh, or the original name for Princeton. Um, oh. Yeah, so uh, okay. that's the end of that entry. <laughs> um, uh, 1783, uh, we see the death of uh, uh, Tykon Zadonsk, a bishop of the Russian Orthodox Church, notable for his spiritual writings that stressed love and forgiveness. Uh, and here's one of his quotes. Do we forgive our neighbors their trespasses? God also forgives us in his mercy. Do we refuse to forgive? God, too, will refuse to forgive us as we treat our neighbors. So also does God treat us. That's an interesting take. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an uncommon construct among Christians, but I'm, yeah, I don't think, I think part of the point of Christ's preaching is God actually loves us more and forgives more than we can love or forgive. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it seems that that uh, this bishop is delving into um, um, God punishing us, uh, uh, kind of, kind of uh, uh, area there, based on this quote. Um, yeah. If we've refused to forgive, then God will hold that against us and uh, refuse to forgive us. Oh, okay. Yeah, and. It's a sneaky way, and I I'm, I don't want to say this guy was doing this on purpose, but it's a sneaky way of making us more powerful than God is. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it puts it – we get all the power. Humans get all the power in the yeah. relationship then. Yeah. And part of the point of the incarnation was God saying, no, I have the power. I have more power. You guys have things you're supposed to do. But it's God who has right. the power to forgive. Yeah, not to imply you don't have power and therefore uh, uh, consequences, but uh, right. uh, for for actions. But um, um, yeah, to to believe that God would act as we act uh, in accordance with the way we act is uh, is is an interesting interesting take. I don't agree. <laughs> I would hate it. If God was limited by what I could do. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, God. Very frightened. <laughs> sorry about this one. Um, My uh, two thirds, I can't forgive today. Just stop all that forgiving for 24 hours and I'll be better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 18... 18- 34, uh, Martin John Spalding is ordained in Rome. He will become Bishop of Louisville, Kentucky, where he will work tirelessly to expand the Roman Catholic Church 
and will found the American College of at Louvain. At where? Louvain. L-O-U-V-A-I-N. Louvain. Does it ring a bell? Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Quick Google search. Oh. Uh, well, no wonder, because we... Wait. Wait. <laughs> Uh, okay. So the implication here is that he goes back and forth. Uh, 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 he's ordained in Rome. He becomes Bishop of Louisville, uh, and he expands the Roman Catholic Church by founding an American college in Louvain, which is back in Europe, uh, over in, oh, okay. over in so, Belgium. Uh, to train people for ministry in the U.S.? I mean, in, in America? Yes, I believe so. Okay. I mean, there's there, there's got to be more to it. It'd be interesting to hear some more, but that's the end of the entry. So um, Bishop of Louisville founds an American college in Belgium. Yeah, because there's an American... There, yeah, that that's part of the Roman Catholic way of doing things is to train clergy in Europe, particularly in Italy, but other places too, gotcha. for, for service in any country you name. So there is, I know a couple American seminaries um, in Europe for Roman Catholic clergy get trained and sent over here. Yeah. And usually, and nowadays they usually start over here and then go to, to Rome to study. Gotcha. And go come back. Okay. Gotcha. Um, 1843, uh, Ganga Narayan Sil, a learned convert from Hinduism preaches his final sermon. Although never formally ordained, he had preached in streets and in chapels, winning Hindus and Muslims to Christ. Um, so there, there you go. 1843. Uh, 1861, missionary James Stewart arrives in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, where, and he will later found the Lovedale Center, uh, which I'm not that rings a bell, and I'm trying to remember more about the Lovedale okay. Center, but I don't remember. You got me. Okay. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. Um, uh, we do, uh, we see the passing of, uh, uh, in 1878, of Elizabeth Prentice, a school teacher who had uh, ended up writing the hymn, More Love to Thee, O Christ, uh, which is now playing in my head. Um, <laughs> 1908, uh, we see the passing of Ira D. Sankey, or maybe Sankey. Uh, He had been a Dwight L. Moody's song evangelist for three decades and had penned many hymns, tunes, uh, many hymn tunes, including the tunes to which Faith is the Victory and Simply Trusting Every Day are sung. I think I know Faith is the Victory. I'm not sure about Simply Trusting Every Day. I have to admit, I don't know either one. But yeah, the, the, a, the, the moody side of, yeah, I was gonna say the moody side of, uh, of 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 hymn writing is is not always known on the uh, Episcopal side of things. Um, right. Uh, and then finally, two thousand and nine, the Guardian reports charges by a Brazilian prosecutor that Edir Macedo and ten associate leaders in the eight million member Universal Kingdom of God, ooh, siphoned billions of dollars of charitable contributions on lavish personal expenses. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So this day, 14 years ago, um, wow. 8 million member universal kingdom of God. Is that what, what denomination does that come from? It's its own. Oh, is it its own? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if, uh, I think it's one of those, that some consider it a cult, some consider it a denomination. 
pretty much everyone thinks they're weird. An international evangelical neo-charismatic Christian denomination. Neo-charismatic. Okay. Uh, must yeah. must learn more. Must learn more. <laughs> neo- not. I, I don't know if I have the brain cells for that one. <laughs> uh, uh, neo-charismatic, also called third wave charismatic, sure, or hyper charismatic. <laughs> Uh, is a movement within evangelical Protestant Christianity that is composed of a diverse range of independent churches, organizations uh, that emphasize the current availability of gifts of the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues and faith healing. There you go. Okay. Um, Okay. Pentecostalism is the first wave. The charismatic movement is the second wave. And so the third wave is, of course, neo-charismatic. Okay. End of okay. rabbit hole did, for me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize within the charismatic movement they had made those differentiations because I'm familiar with those various historical check marks. Sure, but I did not know the labels for them. There you go. So, and that concludes this day in church history. Some passings of folks, but uh, it seemed like all natural deaths, even with the exception of the one who is. Uh, uh, severely uh, prosecuted. Um, the, the entry made it sound as though he lived after that and, and, and ended up passing. Yeah, it did. Which, good for him. I mean, yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> so, sorry to that guy for uh, um, the things that we've done <laughs> over the years. Jeez. Right. Um, yeah, even though it was truly a heresy it wasn't worth that kind of torture no nothing is um right uh so uh with that uh beautiful segue uh (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to uh our first you know what i bet he's doing in heaven uh not getting his tongue cut out and his hand chopped off playing handball oh bruce (laughs) Bruce. finally he could pick up his favorite sport again (laughs) Oh, I could have gone with, uh, okay, yeah, made whole. I gotcha. Uh, uh, you're going with the made whole uh, mentality. Okay, all right, all right, maybe forgiven. Um, and for for the sake of uh, potentially getting us into further trouble, uh, if he heard you say that, maybe he'd give you a good tongue lashing. Anyways. No! Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, with his left hand, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> We're terrible people. Um, oh, we are. <laughs> this day in church history, in a few years, there's going to be like a, the backlash was swift and severe. Yes. Jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, we're awful. Um, anyway, like <laughs> first Kings. Uh, <laughs> moving on. First Kings Please. nineteen uh, verses nine through eighteen is our first entry here. Uh, uh, so first Kings 19, nine through 18 at that place where he came to a cave, excuse me, and spent the night there. Then the world, uh, the word of the world, goodness, oh, caffeine saved me. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you doing here? Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. 
He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel as king over Aram. Also you shall appoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat uh, of Abel-Meholah, uh, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Um, so I feel like this passage has two parts. Um, At th least. That, yeah. are, that, are, that are kind of almost worth bifurcating, because you have this um, um, beautiful uh, theology about i shouldn't say theology uh um what, what's the word that i want to think i want to use maybe you can help me out here but the, the this beautiful um uh experience of elijah or elijah um not find it, it's not that god isn't uh uh, uh present uh but god is it, it, god is there you know, somewhere uh, in in the mountain, and Elijah is is waiting to experience um, uh, God as he's in the cave, and it's not in these more terrifying and um, uh, one might even say miraculous uh, occurrences. So, if you're talking about a, a wind strong enough to split a mountain and break rocks. Um, uh, not not in an earthquake, not in the 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 sheer wind, not in fire, uh, but in the sound of silence, which is a kind of a cool um, is 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 kind of like a commentary on on uh, even today where we have a tendency to want to try to find God. We want to find God in the form right. of uh, you know oh this horrible earthquake killed thousands of people it must have been because they were doing something wrong or or famine and and drought have hit this region it must be god punishing them for you know their stances on you know these human rights issues or something you know what i mean like uh uh and and this is kind of a a, a very old reference of like no 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 that's not where god is at um um so i'm trying to Go ahead. I'm trying to, but I'm trying no, to figure ahead. out. I'm trying to figure out whether or not this is a. I mean, I definitely don't take uh, that port part of the story literally. Um, I, I kind of feel like this is a um, a point being made, uh, at least in my mind. Um, but who knows? I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> well, you're getting it. 
I mean, you, yeah, that, the point is that humans look, humans, when there are big special effects in the natural world. We, we always are, have liked special effects. We love we them. We have always liked them. The summer blockbusters are, are still our favorite. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the, 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 hugely important teaching mm -hmm. that from God, that God is with us constantly and especially when the special effects are not present. Mm -hmm. That they, they can even overwhelm our perception of God. That if, if you know, humans have set up shrines to gazillions to the sun you know stonehenge and such sure um to the equinoxes and similarly if there's an earthquake it's like oh that was the earthquake god um to oversimplify but here in a relatively old section of the hebrew scriptures is this very sophisticated advanced nuanced description of how god is present mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's in the silence yeah i mean it, it and yeah it, it's phenomenal yeah especially considering um you know uh pretty much all of the old testament up to this point uh almost everything is spectacle you know in the stories uh everything is yeah is is uh you know turning things up to 11 in some way, shape or form. It's the burning bush. It's the pillar of fire by day and, or yeah. by night and the, the, the cloud by day. It's the, you know, the manna from heaven. It's the, you know, it's all these signs and wonders. It's, it's uh, yeah, in um, those foundational stories of Israel becoming Israel. Right. And there, I kind of go ahead. There's Israel um, wrestle, wrestling with the angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it yeah, so I kind of wonder if it's the author going like um hey, uh we have a tendency to want this to always like we're wondering where God is because there haven't been like these signs, these big signs that uh, we believe sh we should be seeing. Uh and um I think that God is in, you know, the, the, the peaceful, the, the quiet space. And we should, we should find God, uh, where we, you know, in, 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 uh, more of these peaceful acts, especially considering the second half of the story is about like, Hey, people are trying to kill me. Um, yeah. and so, um, Maybe, maybe it's also like, a, hey, this violence that you're, you're, th th these people are seeking out. They think, they think that the, um, this is what God wants, and this is where you know, this is this is maybe even a holy. Uh, some of them see it as a holy act uh, to try yeah. to end Elijah's uh, life, and uh, uh, maybe also even a plea of like, no, 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 it's you know, violence isn't what God where god is he's in the calm he's in the sheer uh silence of things man like just to uh, chill out <laughs> <laughs> though i do have to say there's a, a school of commentary 
that will point out that doesn't say God is in the silence. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Annoyingly. Interesting. Yeah, after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. And then then he leaves. By the way, what does this mean? Uh, wrapped his face in his mantle. What's a mantle? That, oh, uh, a cape. Okay, okay. Uh, so, he, so he wrapped up his face and stood, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, and that's when the voice of God reached him. So, so yeah. the act of wrapping his face in the mantle is anticipation of seeing God and so hiding his face? Well, anticipation of being in the presence of God and wrapping his face. Hmm. Okay. okay. It, it, this is echoing the experience Moses had, and, and some commentators say we're even supposed to be led to s- sense that it was in the same location as where Moses had a similar experience. I don't think that part is accurate because then it would imply God's only by this one cave. And that's the exact opposite of the point of the story. Sure. But anyway, um, yeah, part of what, part of the early tradition of symbolism was no one can see the face of God and survive. And therefore you cover up your face. Gotcha. That, I mean, uh, the, 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 Explanation makes sense. The idea behind it doesn't, but, <laughs> but I've never, you know, that's, I, I, maybe I'll change my tune if I, if I'm uh, ever uh, uh, put in a position to meet, to meet God face to face. So then, yeah, the, here's the second half of this reading though. Um, is, is kind of interesting to me because um there's 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 this conversation between Elijah and God where uh, people are basically appointed. So so Elijah is going to go back to um, the area where I am assuming people still want to kill him, uh, but he's going to go back and um, basically report that God has commanded um, this guy king over Aram, this guy king over Israel, and this guy to replace me. Yeah. Um, Good. And then if we got to continue reading through the book of Kings, and maybe we do, I haven't looked ahead. Um, Each of those do, each of those people named do, do the, do the work. Okay. And, and so Baal is no longer worshiped anywhere in Israel. Once all these people do their work. Gotcha. uh, False prophets are no longer respected once all these people do their work. So what what is their work, though? Well, it depends on the different roles. Um, Well, because verse 19 makes it sound like their work is to kill all these followers of Baal. um, Oh, verse 17. Yes. Yeah. this is this is describing a political action where that we don't think really was we don't think it really happened and we don't think that God really put it this way 
but it goes through a, a ordering of there's the appointment of the um, king, Jehu as king, uh, I'm sorry, Hazel as king, and then Jehu as king, um, Elijah will actually do those tasks, Elijah replacing Elijah, um, and what the kings are supposed to do is to restore Israel as a kingdom by getting rid of people who are in alliance and um, loyal to mm. the occupying guys who believe in Baal. I, gotcha. I forget. I forget the name that we we'd have from the history books. I gotcha. Okay, so so it is not really fully believed that this is God ordering the killing of people. No, um, it's it's instead. Yeah. Okay, it's time to take back your kingdom. That gotcha. That or my kingdom, and that will take um, quite a bit of effort. Um, and one of the things that is easy for us to overlook because the killing of um, people sticks in our throat is verse 18. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Mm -hmm. Elijah has said in his complaining that he's the last one who has not worshipped Baal. Gotcha. So that helps us put in perspective that Elijah, Elijah was hugely exaggerating when he was saying he was the last one. Okay. And so part of this is God saying, Elijah, you know, get over yourself. You're not the last one. <laughs> right. There's 7,000 more like you. And in fact, there's even two that are worthy of being kings and there's one that's going to be just as important a prophet as you so okay get some get some humility dude yeah so so in a way this is uh uh then god is being a little snarky then with uh with, with elijah yeah oh yeah. yeah no elijah people everyone's trying to kill you you're right well you know what i'll tell you what uh you know uh, appoint these people and uh, this king will take care of, you know, all the murderous crowds. And then if anybody gets past him, Jehu will take care of the rest. And, uh, and even, even the prophet Elisha will take up arms and, and, and uh, root out the remainder. But uh, just so you know, like, uh, and th then the number 7,000 would have been, I, I would assume would be like a number that was like, Oh, that's quite a lot. Like maybe even, well, and it, it, it's a lot just standing on its own, but it's also seven is the holy number, one of the holy numbers right. in the scriptures. And so it's holiness times a thousand. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it, the, no one hearing this back in the time of Elijah would have said, okay, it's 7,000. It would right, have been, right. whoa, <laughs> it's holiness times a thousand? Right, That's right, right. That's a lot. So yeah, instead of saying like, "Oh well, we've got uh, you know, there's there's eleven thousand of us, uh, so yeah. so roughly four. Okay, we need to kill four thousand people. It, got it, got it. It would have been more of like, oh, three thousand ninety nine, three thousand, and maybe even maybe even the uh, maybe even the point being made of like like that would have felt 
like more than the number of people in Israel anyways, like yeah. uh, uh, indicating like everybody's, you know, everybody's going to, you know, yeah, we'll true, kill all true. these people. That means nobody's going to die because, uh, uh, you know, I'm don't worry. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm still in charge. I'm still here. And this is what I'm telling you to, to yeah. do. Just and focus on your work and we'll be fine. Yeah. And Elijah would be standing there with his cape over his head doing the math and going, Oh, I guess I was way off on this. <laughs> All right. But, but God, there's definitely this one guy, <laughs> one guy, <laughs> yeah. one guy's well, definitely and, trying to kill me. And there's the dynamic of Baal worship, mm-hmm. which included human sacrifice. So it wasn't like, you know, Methodists versus Lutherans. Mm, okay. it, it really was a, a terrible Baal worship really was bloodthirsty. It, it was more than hands and tongues being taken off. Oh, and, gotcha. Um, at least at some periods of Baal's popularity, the children were sacrificed to oh, Baal for your crops. So you had to do that pretty frequently to, to keep your crops going. Jeez. So, you know, it is, it is a little bit like, okay, you have permission to kill Hitler and the people running the death camps, but I think everyone else is going to turn around. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Anything more about this, uh, this passage? Oh, we could go on and on, but I can tell we're, we've gone a long time already. Yeah, we're a little far in the, yeah, let's move uh, quickly, quickly to our yes. psalm. Uh, psalm 85, verse 8 through 13. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet righteousness, and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. Um, psalm 85, do we know anything about the, yeah. the psalm? Um, it's, it's written during the time of the exile, of when they're enslaved people in Babylonia. Okay. And so... Again, well after King David's death. Um, and it's another one of these sections, sort of like we've seen in Isaiah, first Isaiah, of really, you, the exile is going to end and you'll go home and you'll have to be courageous to do that. Hmm. And God will respond by giving us our homes back. Yeah. I'm, I'm also struck by... Um these um qualities being put into almost uh uh you know living being terms uh steadfast love and faithfulness will meet uh righteousness and peace will kiss each other faithfulness will spring up from the ground and righteousness will look down from the sky it's kind of this uh um it really is a beautiful set of images yeah really uh um uh, it's kind of like, uh, it really, my head immediately went to, uh, this forms a cross, 
actually. Uh, it, it 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 just in in my my head, right? Steadfast uh-huh. love and faithfulness will meet right to left. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other left to right. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground up, and righteousness will uh, look down from the sky down. So kind of like, but it but obviously not with the intention of forming a cross because that's the uh, you know a a symbol that comes later uh, in writings, right. but. Uh, this this idea of uh, all of these qualities uh, basically filling an expanse like it's it's all the way from right to left up and down uh, all over the place yes and it this is a psalm that's so easy to see the classic Hebrew poetry structure you, you just described it pretty much of um, left and right left and right mm-hmm. um, that that repeating of the same concept with different words reinforcing the strength of the of the concept yeah 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 it's really beautiful uh righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps uh i i I, I always like this imagery that has like physical qualities to it it's cool yeah and that this is that i just going to point out that verse that it's um yeah, we may be familiar with it, so we'll just say, "Oh, that's beautiful." If we have never read it before, we would we might say, "Well, what else would righteousness do going before him, but make a path for his steps?" Right. Otherwise, righteousness is lazy. Um, <laughs> so it it again, it's just a great example of how you can say the same thing in two different ways right next to each other, and it just makes it more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like that. Um, shoot, uh, since we uh, uh, conversed a lot uh, up at the front, yeah. I, I feel a little pressured to push. Uh, anything else about this psalm? It's um, it's beautiful to read the entire psalm. I'll just do that usual. Ending. There you go. There you go. More of the same. We don't get we don't get like a, some weird dark left turn. No, no, we don't. It's okay. Then yes, everyone, uh, everyone reads Psalm eighty-five. It's one of the good ones. <laughs> the only thing that gets a little confusing is: have they already returned to the Holy Land to Jerusalem, or is this encouraging them to go? That just gets uh, a little muddled. But I got you. Um, that might have been later editing once they got there. Got to it. Keep keep the psalm usable in worship. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's go to our gospel reading, uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. 
Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Um, famous miracle here. Uh, famous, like, uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, sort of. Well, what do you mean by sort of? <laughs> A lot of people um, forget about the Peter walking on water part. Oh yeah, no, it's convenient for us to, to maybe ignore that because uh, uh, that mm-hmm. that implies that, and again, yeah, humans can accomplish great things, and we like to be uh, right. ins- insignificant and and uh, deficient in this world. Uh, it gives us a great sense of comfort for, in some weird way. Yeah. Um, um, so this, since we read this with some regularity. I'm going to go a different route uh, and try to try to find something that maybe I hadn't said before this time around uh, reading this. I'm struck by maybe um, the interaction between Peter and Jesus uh, being more of like a, a, a call out, like maybe um, uh, Lord, if it is you come uh, command me to come to you on the water, uh, Maybe it was like a Peter's version of yeah, when pigs fly, kind of a <laughs> kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like he's Jewish, he would not say pigs. <laughs> well, sure, sure, sure. But you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, it, well, or maybe he would because it's so impossible. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, um, you know, no, no, take heart as I. Yeah, whatever. Uh, 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 that that maybe this was a challenge, and uh, Jesus calls him on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, come. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, it doesn't qu- that that theory doesn't quite fit with the ending of it because um, uh, um, it says shortly thereafter. But when he noticed, he, it basically implying, or no, it is not implying. Got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. So that do- it doesn't quite fit with. My theory doesn't quite fit with the tail end, but it did give me a little internal chuckle to think of uh, 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 of Jesus doing more of a do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, look, you know, no, ghost. Uh, I've heard stories. I've been, you know, my uncle was tricked like this before. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I it's a mermaid. A ghost took the form of someone that he knew and trusted and, uh, you know, bad things happen. So, uh, uh, no, thanks. I'm going to stay right here in the boat. Uh, um, but, uh, so like I said, uh, a, a funny interpretation, but, uh, it doesn't really hold up, uh, <laughs> when, when you read the rest of it. Well, yeah. And interestingly, the, this, this story of Peter walking on the water only occurs in the gospel of Matthew, even though Mark and John have almost identical stories of the, of the rest of the part of Jesus walking on the water. Um, Matthew's the only one that includes this adventure with Peter. So it was not, so it may not have originally been part of the stories of Jesus walking on the water, Mm-hmm. So it it could have actually taken place at a different time, and Matthew said, "You know, this really fits with this story better, so I'm going to stick it in here rather than the one rather than the place where there Jesus told us where to fish, and we got a bunch of fish, and then Peter walked started to walk across the water to him." Right. Um, 
Yeah, because that there seems to be evidence that that happens occasionally within the Gospels, with um, different stories being put in different places, so they make more sense for an audience to understand. Um, but I, I just, I personally love this story of Peter. That he's just once again being a bit of a goof. And, yeah, and it's not fatal. I mean, that's to me, that's the bottom line here, is. Peter tries something outrageous. It actually works for a little bit. And then he, and then it almost kills him, but everything turns out okay in the end. Right. Right. Um, it is, it, it has all of these aspects of being very cinematic too. Oh um, yeah. You know, uh, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, the, the word sink uh, as far as far as beginning to sink, uh, gives this impression of like uh, slow quicksand. Uh, yeah. But because um, because thirty one says immediately reached out his hand and caught him, I'm imagining more of a thunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> suddenly, suddenly it stops working, and uh, you don't slowly, you know sink into water you just like plunge that version that version um in terms of physics probably makes more sense than the sort of walking down a staircase into the water uh appearance right you you can either do it or you can't (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but uh um yeah it's it, it it's full of very interesting um decisions by all the characters in the story yeah um it's fun that it starts off with it's a ghost (laughs) yeah you know um in a way it's a fun decision that jesus goes oh no 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 it's just me guys (laughs) you know what i mean like okay this makes it a whole lot better right yeah yeah it's that like oh oh it's jesus ever it stand down everyone it's jesus it's fine (laughs) Um, uh, although I don't know what you would say that would make it any better. Um, and you're right. Peter takes this chance. No one else does. Um, and, and it's not just taking a chance, but it is challenging Jesus. I mean, it's another denial by Peter, essentially. Oh, that's, yeah, no, you're right. That's an interesting, uh, that's the, that's, that's interesting because you're right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, right. If it's you, it's it's not you. Uh, otherwise, I'd be able to walk on water, wouldn't I? Yeah, and Jesus uh, says, "Come, do it," <laughs> and he does, <laughs> and he does, um, and uh, and then and then you do have this uh, that does make the chastisement uh, make a little bit more sense um, yeah. because this is a Cause, kind cause of a the precursor. Doubt really circles back to. If it is you, yes, rather than starting to sink, yeah. So, this and this is kind of a precursor often, to his denial, yeah, yeah. We often connect this with, well, you know, if Peter only had faith, he could have walked all the way across with Jesus. And I think it's more about the if Peter had faith, he wouldn't have ever made this challenge to begin with. I mean, it's yeah. similar, similar to doubting Thomas from the Gospel of John saying, Oh, yeah, I put my finger in his side hands and my hand in his side wound in order to believe it's a, it's a similar cheeky challenge 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you could really read this as like uh instead of a um, you know, you could have done it. You know, why'd you yeah. why'd you stop believing? This is this could really read more as a uh like why why do you why do you not think I'm capable of such things? Like why do you not believe in what I've been telling you and, and, and who I am. And why did you, why did you not believe that it was me? Um, you can very clearly see now that I've caught a hold of you while you're sinking. Uh, <laughs> it really is me. So why did you, you know, why and did it, you question me? And another piece of it is. Shoot. I almost, uh, another piece of it is that. Peter almost presume Peter's part of Peter's challenge is if it's you, I can do the same thing. It's and Jesus is trying to say, look, I'm there's a big chunk of divine here. That's why I can do this. And Peter's more like, you're just another guy. Show me how you're doing this. Show me where the stepping stones are under the water. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's really being quite rude. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um again in a way uh um uh thankfully so because yes. we learned through peter this right. we would not have been uh we would not have been any um any more respectful i don't think uh I, I would have been just cowering in the boats with my mantle over my head doing my Elijah invitation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's Jesus. Oh, no. He's no, going to do something. Have, it would have been, I don't know what's happening. I'll just be here. Tell me when to start rowing again. Yeah, Wake exactly. Me up when it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Wow. And one, yeah. one last thing to point out is in mm -hmm. verse 27, um, very classic Jesus slash gospel construct. Take heart. It is I do not be afraid. We're used to hearing do not be afraid from supernatural figures, mainly angels, but also right. Jesus and Jesus resurrected. But uh, it is I is that same I am that God uses to self-identify throughout the Hebrew scriptures. Oh, okay. So this is the same, uh, Moses, uh, uh, I am. Right. Uh, um, Moses. Yeah. Moses asking what, what's your name? What do I tell people? Yeah. I am. Very good. So that, that's another one of those. I'm God. That's why I can do this. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, anything else? Nope, that be it. Gotta come to church if you want to find out more. Uh, and speaking of, uh, uh, we will, uh, uh, as we wrap up this year podcast uh, for uh, August the whatever day, uh, August the 13th, <laughs> the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, um, uh, we invite you to come join us in worship uh, at 8 and 10 in person on Sunday morning. Uh, 10 o'clock broadcast will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, where you can uh, catch up with it later if, if need be. Uh, and all the 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 thing, pointing out all the the the, the information and uh, upcoming events uh, on our website hfec.org holyfamilyfishers.org uh, uh, for for Can I add just one thing real quick? No, too late. We're late. No, no. Okay. Yes, please. Absolutely, you can. 
this Sunday there's a special treat in that our former deacon, the Reverend Kathy Scott, will be leading the worship and offering the sermon um, because I'll be on vacation this Sunday. Ah, a uh, a, a much deserved vacation. Uh, Thank you. Pr- probably to see grandkids, I, I would imagine. Yes, it involves grandkids and asteroids. Not together. What? Yes. What? Okay. Not not her. We're going to watch together. the asteroid shower <laughs> by going up to Wisconsin to a designated dark area. How cool! Okay. And Saturday okay. and Sunday is the peak of the asteroid shower. Very cool. Yeah. Well, enjoy the stargazing, uh, Thank and you. we will enjoy the water walking on Sunday, and report back to you uh, 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 what what uh, what lessons we learned. Um, so uh, cool. looking forward to that. So, uh, well, until next time, uh, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.